Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, proudly brought to you by L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Uh, 27 of them now, 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. I am Spike Eskin, along with uh, a guy who dresses up like Santa Claus and visits all the neighborhood children. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Every every day, not even on Christmas. <laughs> Mid-June. Yep, <laughs> you're walking around uh, delivering yep. toys to all the good little boys and girls. The podcast uh, we have a, a fun podcast for you today, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher and Google Play and SoundCloud. We continue to count down to May 16th's lottery party. I will tell you that Bust the Process Two, which is January 14th to Washington D.C., will only be on sale for uh, one more week. I'll let it go through January the second. For 85 bucks, you get a bus down to D.C., a ticket to the game, a commemorative T-shirt from Cheesesteak Tees. We'll have some snacks on the bus. You'll get your picture on center court at the Verizon Center. You'll get to shoot a free throw at the Verizon Center. We're going to do a like a lunchtime happy hour at Xfinity Live before we leave, and then we'll have a happy hour in D.C. We have a, a process truster that runs a couple of bars right down the street from the Verizon Center that's going to hook us up. Uh, then so and if you live down there we've had we've sold a lot of tickets of people who are already in dc i think it's 35 bucks for everything but the bus trip so just get it at rights to ricky sanchez.com two questions yes sir has has sharp signed up or so i have had preliminary conversations with sharp about showing up at the uh at the cocktail party and he seems as long as he is in town amenable to coming to the party always and, and nobody I, likes getting booed more than sharp maybe your dad maybe your dad and yes. Andrew sharp are the only and, and sharp sharp is, i think sharp is learning like he he has really played the heel role very very well i think he enjoys it the i i told him my initial question with him was hey we're going to do this bus trip down to dc if if the T-shirt has a bus running over you, will you make an appearance at the, at the cocktail party? I mean, at the uh, the happy hour beforehand. And he said uh, he he offered two. He needed two things had to happen. First, he had to get the T-shirt, and I don't think that's where the T-shirt's going to be. But he wants one of the T-shirts, and uh, we have to trade our first round pick for Bradley Beal. And I oh. I told mm. him we would give him one right. of the two things. So that's fine. Yeah. And uh, and it's just one free throw. Everyone shoots one free throw. If you miss that free throw, too bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, we have. I I think we're gonna have like two hundred people. So yes, <laughs> you don't get to stand there and shoot them until you make them. And tr- and and if I know myself at all, by the time we're at the free throw thing, I'm gonna be like. Like, because the bus is going to leave at three o'clock. The game is at eight o'clock. You know, the free throws are going to be happening at eleven o'clock at night. All I'm going to be thinking about is going home. So, can, when, you, can, can you be? I need so. 
can you be like can you do the math on how many can you keep track of the percentage of free throws that Ricky listeners make? Yeah, somebody will you, do you it. Can. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, somebody will do it. I'll be If we it. shoot if we shoot over 50%, I'll be very happy. There is no chance. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance cuz everyone look and th- that's not insulting anyone's basketball skills, but everyone's going in cold. I'm going to be yelling at everyone to rush. Come and on. also the, it really does affect your eye line if you've never played in like a Yes. A gym with with a where it keeps going. I'm sure it is impactful. I will tell you the two. Times, I'm making excuses for us already. Well, no. So I shot in when, when I worked for WISP and they were shutting the Spectrum down. We did a contest where you could play the last basketball game at the Spectrum, and we did you know we did a uh, a game in the empty Spectrum, and that was hard. But then uh-huh. I played in a charity game at halftime of a Sixers game, and I'll tell you. First of all, there's the depth perception that's weird with not having a wall or anything behind it. Right. But then when there's other stuff behind it even, there's people yeah. moving around. It's really mm-hmm. hard. It's yeah, yeah. So so there you go. There's plenty I, of excuses. I played at the uh, whatever, whatever it was called. It's probably called the Wells Fargo Center still when they had like a media game in like 2010. Like it was early, early blog stuff. I remember Enrico was there from the 700 level. Oh, goodness. And uh, I think his name is Pete, Recliner GM, if you remember that guy. Oh, barely, uh, but I remember him. Yeah. There were a couple other folks there. Um, and it was uh, pretty embarrassing for everybody. But it was fun. Court, well, bas- good court. The, the thing about basketball, regular people playing basketball, is it feels very different than it looks. It feels, yeah. it feels even your best moment looks so much worse than you think it does yeah yeah everybody no one needs to know that though yeah you know yeah. never no you should if you're bad at basketball if you're okay at basketball if you're like human being okay at basketball playing on a professional court you should never be forced to watch that no footage. no and i would tell you not not only should you not be forced to watch it I would recommend that you you don't watch it. That would be my if it, if video is available, don't watch it. Yeah. All right. So on the pod today, we we only have one main topic because I uh, Philip suggested to us that we do. We always take questions from Twitter, but he said, "Why don't we do Reddit questions? Why don't we do Reddit AMA?" And so, You're so fucking youth. I know, and Reddit. I don't really understand Reddit anyway. All I do is I post the podcast on Reddit, but. So there are a lot of Reddit questions. So we did Ask Me Anything on Reddit. I see 98 comments, and most of those are questions. So we're going to do them by the ones that are most upvoted. And I thought maybe uh, the ones that we don't get to, if at some point this holiday weekend I'm bored, I can fly through them. You don't have Reddit account, do you? No. Uh, so I can fly through them and at least give my perspective on the ones we don't get to. So that will be the second half of the podcast. Also, at the end of the podcast, we're going to play a fantastic Ricky Christmas song by uh, by John Vincent. Uh, he, it's called uh, – it's to the tune of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It is Choo Choo the Fucking Legend, which is his tribute to – all of the, uh, the the process people, which is a great song. So you can find him on Twitter. What is it? At John Winter Tweet. Uh, and uh, I'll put the link in the post. Oh, also, last thing, and then we'll get to actually content, the Retweet Armageddon Congress applications. So you'll find this funny. So I signed up for – you can apply to be in the Retweet Armageddon Congress. Do it at writes2rickysanchez.com. We're going to pick one in-town uh, member and one out-of-town member. So I signed up for SurveyMonkey for a free account on SurveyMonkey. 
And I realized when I checked in this morning to see the applications that you only get a hundred responses. You can only see them unless you're paying for your account. So now I have to go in there and pay twenty six dollars for a month <laughs> so I can read the rest of the applications because we can't get to them. We can only get to the first hundred. So there are a lot of really awesome applications. Basically, what we want is your name, where you're from, your Twitter, and then uh, 50 words or less why you should be in the Retweet Armageddon Congress. We're going to announce the finalists next week, and then we'll let the vote go up there for a week or so, and then we'll announce the winners the following week. Does that sound like a plan? Yeah, and we should say that the idea for Retweet Armageddon Congress, which we failed to mention last time, came from this guy, Rex Madden. Oh, yeah. Uh, and he also did another thing that I'm, now, again, now forgetting. What did he do? He, he proposed the, 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 the app, I think, of how to pool all the tweets together. Oh, no. Was that him? Or the notif- – yeah, I think so. Or the notification, something along those lines. He's very good. Yeah. He's a very, very, very good, very good person. Well, thank you. Thank you, Rex, for the idea. I appreciate it. We, we don't give enough. So much of what we do comes from the people who listen and participate, and we really don't we, give them enough credit. We appropriate it and take it as our own. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we curate and then erase your name off the curation. <laughs> it's like Which a, is what the Sixers do to us, actually. Yes. Yeah, it really is. It's almost like if you were to put a playlist on Spotify, erase all of the artist information out of it and just put your name on it, that's what we're doing. So yeah. thank you for the content. All right. <laughs> so before we do the AMA, the biggest thing that has happened in Sixers land this week, you know, so when we did the podcast last week was when the Lakers game had happened and Nerlens, uh had spouted off about only playing eight minutes. Since last week since that has, has happened um we have had brian colangelo's press conference or press availability and we had joel Embiid shockingly like being a lebron style general manager for the sixers publicly basically i would say uh it's not even subtweeting julia for basically publicly saying that she doesn't like the way that it works when Jaleel Okafor is doing the Twin Towers thing. But Nerlens Noel is his best friend, and he would really like to try playing with Nerlens Noel. And it's only fair if they're going to try Twin Towers with Okafor and Embiid, then they should do it with Okafor and Noel. Embiid yeah, said this said the, publicly. The one, he said the, if we try the one thing, we should you, try the other thing too. Yeah. And by, so, by the way, it seems like you're going in and out on your mic. Are you right on your mic like you usually are? Or you cheat? Are you? No, I'm doing There the, we go. Okay. All right. Uh, calling calling Jaleel the uh, one thing and then Nerlens the other thing I thought was funny. Just yes. be like, yeah, the one thing. It's it 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 does encapsulate whether it's intentional or not. It does encapsulate how little everything else matters compared to Joel Embiid. As yes. much as this Jaleel or Nerlens stuff is a thorn in our side, it's very frustrating, and and we all very much like Nerlens because we think he can be a a, a legitimate defensive game changer for years to come. Uh, it doesn't. He, if he went away, if him and Jaleel just disappeared, we'd still be in tremendous shape with Embiid and Ben Simmons and all these picks. Like, it, it should be. We should have context for how good we have it, in spite of this Nerlens Jaleel thing. 
Let's, Do you agree? Yes, absolutely. I, I would like to to there, I think there's several levels to this that I would like to talk about. Each one of them, sort of try try as best as I can compartmentalize all of these and 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 see if we because I think there's what Brett Brown said and what he meant. There's what Brian Colangelo said and what he meant. There's <laughs> what Joel Embiid said and what he meant. And then there is the uh, and then there's the over uh, the the actual basketball side of all of this. Uh, let, let's start for last first. Basketball side of all of this, one thing I would say is that even if they're only playing together for eight minutes a game and Nerland's Noel is your your first big off the bench and they're sort of playing together for brief stretches, but you're basically splitting the, the center time between the two, I guess. Maybe they're playing together for, for 10 minutes and Nerland's is playing 26 minutes a game or something like that. Do you think there is another team in the NBA who has a combination of rim protectors like as good as Joel Embiid and Nerlens Noel? Is there another team that can say for 48 minutes a game that you will have a rim protector as good as the both of those? Is there a combination as good as that anywhere in the NBA? Uh, I didn't prepare you for well, that. I'm sorry, but I— No, I don't think so. I mean, you know— there's some, obviously, some very good like Detroit kind of. Well, if but Boban hasn't been good, and I think Drummond is sort of overrated off defensively. But but I guess you could say the same for Arden if you want. But I I think he's and I, and also I don't I I really don't think they're as good. It's it's one team that has a similar I guess right. could be in the conversation I guess if you wanted to say. Uh, New Orleans, no, right? I think I think you just put it together and it's just like Embiid played what eighteen games in the last two plus years, and New Orleans has played one season at his natural position, right? So for me, I guess like even as good as they are now, if they were given the chance to do what they do on their own for longer, I think that. They'd be, I mean, obviously even better. It's not a hot take, but like, I think we're just scratching the surface of how good they can be, and, and even as, as basketball players, but also as like timing shot blockers, affecting shots, all that stuff. Well, and when the point of the NBA, a lot is made of three point shooting, but it all comes from getting to the rim. It's either getting if you can't get to the rim, it's it's really hard to generate three point shots. You know, um, if 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 we are better at protecting the rim than any other team in the NBA by far. And although it might be herky-jerky at times, I think the idea of them on the, the court together is is a pretty... It's appealing, for sure. Yeah, on some level, for, for short stretches, it's appealing. So on the basketball end of this, I think there are a lot of gains to be had for Nerlens and, and Embiid. So let's... Let's go to what Embiid said because there, I think there are a lot of a lot of levels to this as well. It it's sort of unheard of, and I almost wish there's no way he isn't pissing off the front office by being as vocal as he is, right? Joe, yeah. Oh man, I, I, I maybe there's no I, way. I think that they they're so happy. They have to be so happy with him. And everything. I, I don't think they would say anything. I don't think they would say a negative word to him. You know, like, could you imagine them going to be like, "Hey, you know, watch yourself, buddy." 
he'd be like, who the fuck are you? Do you see what I'm doing out there? Like, I, I, I can't imagine. And I'm, I'm probably breaking through your compartmentalized stuff yeah, right now. You are. I'm just yeah. all over the place. That's okay. But the, the idea that Hinky or that Embiid is this, not play, playing this like LeBron like sort of hey I want this guy like starting to dictate that kind of stuff. Embiid has learned the most about basketball. I would guess this is an educated guess from Sam Hinkie. My right. my guess is that philosophically, theoretically, Embiid has learned the most from Sam because of how much time they spent just talking about the game when he wasn't playing. Sure. So he's gone, but Embiid still has those like long discussions and theories in his head. So essentially, if he's playing the GM role where he's saying like, no, this guy, no, this guy, we, Sam Hinkie is still <laughs> running our the Sixers. General manager. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you think though that there is a, I don't know. I worry that I, I put it all together yesterday. You know, he is very, you, I, I know he has some sort of a relationship with Hanky. He, he, there's the Instagram picture. There's the trust the process stuff. There's the, you know, clearly, um, clearly, uh, the, as vocal as he's been about the Noel thing. I, I just mm. think I don't want him to push it too far too quickly, and I don't want a rift. Like I don't want, sure. you know, especially because the other thing is is that. I think one of the things that affects all of this is that Brian Colangelo's in a funny spot because of just being new and then the worry that any trade that he makes perceived as a loss given what he's he's walking into. I just Yeah, he said he said I will not make a bad trade. Yeah. Which immediately got the Galton fave. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think he, yeah, I wish Brian Colangelo was on Twitter tweeting it because we, we could all just, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Keith? Was it Keith Pompey? I think that tweeted the quote, but yes, Galton, yeah. Galton was all over that. I think, I, I just worry about him. I, I don't know how much of this him just being natural, but it seems like he is very calculated. It seems like he very much knows what he's doing. And it almost seems like he's playing to... I, the fans on some level as much as he wants to play with Noel I would just I, I get a little worried I've seen this turn the other way and he is not LeBron yet you know and I, I mm-hmm. guess it, I just get a little uncomfortable as much as I like it as a fan and as a person and as a Noel supporter I get a little worried that he's pushing it a little far a little quickly that's all I hear that yeah yeah all right so then there's what Colangelo said, which Derek, God bless Derek Bodner, go, just taking apart the entire press conference, showing the hypocrisy and the, the, the conflict of what he said and what he's done. Like the, the idea that he is saying the only, first of all, calling Nerlens a prospect and seeing that people have to see how good he is before he's able to trade him. Yeah. When Nerlens, I mean, oh. He's played more minutes than any Sixer for the last two years. It just you guys like oh man, Colangelo. First of all, talking, we called him out last week. We didn't call him. We I think we took a measured approach last week where it was like, hey, everybody that complained about Hinky, he's Colangelo's doing the same thing except he's 
not brilliant. He's just a guy when he's not talking to the media. So if that was, you know, we, I think Kyle, like seconds before he, Colangelo finally talked to the media, Kyle had this like long, like, what is the point of Colangelo if he's not relationships guy post? And then, so Colangelo comes out and he just, ah, you get the impression that he thinks like, okay, no, you can't send a coach in to do a GM's work. Like, I'm going to be the guy. I'm right. going to. I'm going to spin this the right way. Look at this. I've got my collar on. I am ready to go. And it, he, just, he just did he did nothing. They said – Brett Brown said, hey, you know, we're going to bench him for a while. And Colangelo comes out the next day and be like, well, he didn't he, – he misspoke. Um, it's not a benching. It's definitely not a benching. It's, he's, you know, we're going to put him on the bench for a time and it, we'll see. And, but it was like, well, he's not going to play. Well, no, he's not going to play. It, yeah. He, well, and he, and by the way, the such a bad job trying to spin it, and, and he the, thinks he did a great job. And by the way, the the only way that we can get value for him is if he plays, but he's not going to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what are we doing here? What are we yeah. doing here? It's so crazy, and it's going to go. I know it seems like everything right now, and I don't. I don't think. I think it's very unlikely that anyone gets traded before the deadline. I think we're going to have to sit with this for a month and a half. But he really did make everything sound so much worse because yeah. I was in on the as much as I understand where Nerlens is coming from and and respect where he's coming from and respect how upset he is I was in on the if Brett Brown says look buddy you haven't been here you got to earn your time uh-huh. on the court I'm fine with Brett Brown throwing down that gauntlet that's fine and it yeah. even seemed like Nerlens was was fine with that they had a talk everything was okay but but like I was fine. Just leave it at that. Leave it at that. Right. Leave it at us. Right. And then, honestly, the 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 standing ovation that Nerlens got. Oh, that was great. Was the I think somehow we have become the majority. Yeah. In Sixers land, like think about all that Nerlens has done. Think about Philadelphia in general. So Nerlens demanded a trade in the off season. Got elective surgery, so he wouldn't have to it, play it with wasn't, the team. It was it was slightly less than a demand. Obviously, well, it, it, but it was still, out to a demand, but it it wasn't it wasn't like well, but but let me paint it for you. Let me paint yeah, it. Yeah. It was basically him or me. He did a him or me. He did a yeah. uh, we, Okafor's got to go, or I got to go. Somebody's got to go. So he did that. He didn't come to camp. He got elective surgery, so he wouldn't have to play with the team. He came back and complained about his playing time after not practicing, and then in Philadelphia got a standing ovation when he went on the court. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's one of the more not have happened, and the Eagles equivalent of this would not have existed. No, I I I can't even imagine how it would have existed. It's. I, I can't imagine any of the, of the other sports in town of this happening. It was there have been a lot of most process moments in the last four years, but Nerland's Noel's standing ovation is is top five. It, it has is to up be there. Top five. Yeah. It, it is up there for sure. Ah, uh, and he's played fine. He's played fine since he's in the twenty five minutes he's played this season. Do you think there's? Do you think if Embiid? Let's bounce back to the Embiid part of this. Do you think if he really feels that way, that if they were that Nerlens is his best friend, <laughs> well, that and that he he wants it to see it work and blah blah blah. If he if he feels all those, if he's not just trying to help Nerlens being his best friend, do you think that even if I believe at at some point over the last several months they decided 
we don't know what we're going to do with Okafor, but we're definitely trading Nerlens. We're definitely trading Nerlens. We're not resigning Nerlens. Do you think he has the ability to swing that back the other way? I would say a little bit. A little bit. Uh, yeah, I think they're going to try to trade him. Um, and they're probably trying to trade Jaleel also, but trying to trade Nerland specifically. They will they will wait it out. Colangelo has already laid down the gauntlet that he's not going to make a bad trade for this team. So I think that rules out like a second round pick for Nerlens. And if they don't I think I if they don't trade if they don't trade him at the deadline, I, I think then it's like, all right, I guess we got the season for him and and then going into the off season when he's a restricted free agent, I think Embiid being like, Hey, I like him. Match. We have all the money in the world. Match. Like those kinds of things. I I think that would have more of an effect. I don't think I I think if if the right trade comes along, they will certainly make it. But if it doesn't and Colangelo can't talk himself into making a bad trade, then I think as time goes by, a, a the the a contract that someone else signs him to. I think that is where Embiid would would have some have some push i um i have to yeah absolutely i have to give some credit to the most uh the definitely the most processed guy there is ben dietrich who wrote did you read the thing on the ringer his uh so what i liked most about it is that it set the value so high on noel like i don't think there's any he was mentioning cj mccollum and zach levine both of whom i would love to have i I don't want to trade Nerlens, but I would have a, a hard time. Yeah, you know, really, I, I I would have to call it a good trade if we got either one of those, and I don't think it's possible that we get either one of them. So I think it was a sneaky way for Dietrich to be able to crush Colangelo for whatever trade happens because he didn't get the value that he said they were worth, even. The value for Okafor, I thought he was probably overstating a little bit, and I think it he uh, it was a nice sneak positioning of Brian Colangelo uh, and and arguing him into a corner for his eventual bad trade. They they just have no leverage, and every time they talk, anytime anything happens, it just goes lower and lower. And there are now with the uh, Festus Azili yeah, and Clint Capella injuries. And even Boston to some extent, like there are some teams, even like the Lakers a little, if they don't, if they're pissed, at, if they're frustrated with Mozgov, like there are teams that could use a good big man. Um, but there's also a bunch of teams that have one. Greg Monroe is very available. Uh, the time of team, I'm sure. I thought you said good big man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He was, he was like good for, he was seen as good. Six, eight, for a Okafer. number of years. Six eight Okafor. That's what Greg Monroe is. You think he's six eight? I don't know. Is he? Is he? Is he's not super tall? Is he? He's like six nine. I think he's like six eleven. No, is he? I'll look it up. All right, but yeah. So I there's now there's starting to be a market for it. I I really have no idea what's going to happen. The Sixers. I just don't trust. I just don't trust ownership to do anything right. You know, like I don't. I I think they've just bungled so many things. And Hinky has, in spite of them, set them up for success. Well, and here's the here's the the problem with the guys who need a big man. You know, it's funny. Somebody mentioned Houston, and I said, "Well, 
who do we even want on Houston? And then I said, I don't know, trade him for Clint Capella. I'll, t- I'll I'll take you know like if 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 I'll I'll take Capella because they they don't need both guys so you know I'll I'll take Capella I but I don't know what else on Houston you want and the problem with Portland is is sure they need a a big man they need a they're they're I think they're thirtieth in team defense and they don't really have any rim protectors it's funny they have a bunch of bigs but none of them are rim protector guys but if you're Portland what difference does it make I I guess you would be doing it to re-sign him to get his uh, to be able to make him a restricted free agent on your team yeah because yeah. it doesn't make that big a difference this year maybe it gets you in the playoffs the or something yeah that's the problem with Maryland that teams aren't it's it feels like it flips so quick to go from like oh well now that the the cap exploded uh, having a long contract from a previous era was yeah. better yeah uh, but it, it for other guys it always seems like Oh, there's too many years left on this deal. There's too many years left on this deal, and then it's like, oh, they're expiring. Like, what are we gonna do with that? And yeah. it seems like it flips so quick with with those guys. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Minnesota, maybe. Yeah, Minnesota is the... be a good. Uh, Minnesota seems like it makes the most. Like, hey, we have a thing that you want. We have a thing that you want. Like, let's just swap, kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I really still don't know what's gonna happen. I can't believe it dragged it's dragged it's dragged on this long yeah and i can't believe colangelo thinks that he's good at talking about this uh and i can't believe that he got hired um because the thing he's good at uh he's clearly bungling when was the last time the sixers have handled a situation well (laughs) when was the last time i mean i guess maybe a situation that we don't hear about yeah like hey they did a good since we didn't hear about it that's good but when was the last time that like something broke I, nationally or something and they and it seems like they handled uh, it like, no well. n- never 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 i mean they haven't handled any of that well i mean i i will say that behind closed doors i believe that the nerlands and Embiid situations during their injury time were both much more tenuous than any of us heard about and i yeah. think they did a good That's job of sweeping it under the rug is is a bad bad thing but managing that from uh, and and not letting it become bigger than it was. That's why the Okafor thing was so so disheartening. The Okafor 108 miles an hour uh, Boston street fight is that yeah that all that all came out right at once. Yeah, and and like you know the worst we ever heard about Nerlens and Embiid were you know the Embiid thing was the Shirley Temples and didn't want to go to rehab and Nerlens was his like gross apartment or whatever. But I think they were both. Um, were both difficult from what I from what I understand. So yeah, but but as far as the ones that have publicly happened, I think it's all been bad. You know, it's all been a disaster, and that that goes for Sam too. Sam hasn't didn't handle any of those things well publicly. So totally. Uh, all right, let's talk about LL Pavorsky, and then let's do AMA because we have a lot of wait. Questions. Let's let's oh, well. quick finish up. What yeah. prediction on, on when is Nerlens going to get traded very soon? Is Julie? What do you think? Give it like, round it out. Nobody gets traded. You don't think anybody gets traded at any point? No. Nope. I, I, end, of the, end of the season, we still have all three. Yep. 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 I all think four. So. I, I could see I, – I think I said this before, but I could see Rashawn getting traded and just being like, hey, we moved one of them. And everyone's like, oh, god damn it, yeah. Brian. <laughs> you fucking idiot. That I, that would be – I think would be really funny if he, if he trades Rashawn and says, problem solved. Like I think that would be – 
that would be a very well, what satisfying. Do you think, what is your what is your prediction? I, there's someone. Someone said to me, "What if all of this is to position oh. Jaleel like he's better?" No, yeah, I, I, I just, and I don't slow play it. The, so that, yeah. I'm like, I don't believe that, and I don't believe that they're smart enough to execute that this sort of high wire act of trying it. And I don't think that Jaleel. There, there are people that look that think Jaleel is better. That is, that is, a, that is a fact. People think there are many people that think Jaleel is better. So that stands to reason that there has to be GM candidates who see that, who see that that, that footwork in the post, which is impressive, and see how he bullies guys and like throws a shoulder into them and like lays it up softly. Like there's a there's a power finesse game in the post, and the passing is starting to come along, and his and his uh, he is blocking more shots this year. Uh, someone has to see that and be like, yeah, I can work with that. I can I can build that out. Maybe it's Danny Ainge. Maybe. Maybe it's not Danny Ainge. <laughs> Maybe it's somebody else. I don't know. Uh, so I I would honestly, and I don't think this is a Reddit question, but I, I would honestly just trade him for, for like almost nothing. Just just to let Joel play center by himself and then just to let Nerlens play center by himself. I, and I, see, I would too. A hundred percent. I would trade him for and it's just... Not, it's, it's not because I don't think he's a good player. It's the, it has nothing to do with his value. It's it's that the other Embiid is far more important, and I think Nerlens at center just makes them a better defensive team, and that's more important. So it, this is nothing to do with. I mean, Jaleel's just not. It on the court, the team plays worse when he's there. So maybe it's something he can improve on. Maybe there's maybe he will continue to get better at blocking shots. Maybe his rebounding numbers will improve. Maybe he'll hit, start an outside shot that keeps people honest. Maybe the footwork in the post is very impressive, but the fact is they're not—they're a worse team with him on the court than they are with him off it. And I would l- like to see Embiid just be Embiid. That's the most important thing. I would give him away for like a, I would give Okafor away for like a late first would be a dream. Bag of donuts. I would trade him for yeah. a bag of donuts. Okay, can we please get to Reddit, or we're never gonna we're never gonna finish the podcast. All right, before we do, this is the uh, the last Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast before Christmas, which is two days away. I'll tell oh. you, I'll tell you who is working overtime right now is LL Pavorsky at LL Pavorsky Jewelers. He's open today, the twenty third. Also open Christmas Eve. Like, come on. You got to get that out. You've waited long enough. Who is, you know, El- Pavorsky Claus? Nothing says um, Christmas like a name like Pavorsky, right? He uh, he is the official sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. He has helped 27 Rights to Ricky Sanchez listeners pick out engagement rings and purchase engagement rings and have happily ever afters. He is a wonderful man who will take all the time that you need and not pressure you at all. And I know you're going in there not knowing anything about jewelry because what one of us actually knows, you know, but you can trust that he is giving you the uh, the best deal possible on the best jewelry possible. And he is a big Rashawn Holmes fan, uh, almost <laughs> as big as Mike. And that's a true thing. He does love Rashawn Holmes, I think, probably too much. But uh, he is open today, open tomorrow. 
then off on Christmas. But uh, for any last-minute gift ideas, I would suggest you get in touch with LL. Phone number for the store is 215-627-2252. The store is located at 707 Walnut. You can email him at llpavorsky.com. You can just tweet him, right, at, uh, at llpavorsky. And uh, as the sponsor of the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, LL makes generous donations to the Alzheimer's Association of the Delaware Valley and the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence. So thank you, LL, for that. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Throwing it back to an old one. Christmas pressure makes diamonds. Oh, is that? Did you do that one before last year? Pressure makes pressure makes diamonds. I think was a uh, was oh, a right. Bynum was a Bynum quote. Right, I believe if I'm mistaken and you said christmas pressure so there we go okay also trust the r pavorsky is what i was going with in reddit themed oh there we go r slash r pavorsky i would love if someone starts an r pavorsky okay (laughs) i we we should do these quickly so we can get through as many as possible that is me uh subtweeting you because you give long you're talking directly to you're talking directly to me (laughs) i'm the only one here Okay, thank you everyone on Reddit for the questions. So I will okay. So the first one I can only give you because it doesn't work if I do it. Uh this comes from non victorious. And all right, Mike, how many colors can you name in ten seconds? Oh, text, Jesus. text IBX one for Mike, IBX two for Spike. This happens in arena at the Wells Fargo Center. I know, I've seen it, I've seen it. I've seen okay, it, I've seen so in three, two, one, go. Red, blue, green, magenta, orange, purple, yellow, violet, black, white, brown, top, lavender. To done. I uh, thirteen colors. That is very right. good. You would have done better than me. All right. Cool. Now, true. Were were you prepared for that or no? Not at all. Okay. All right. This is from PSU Dolphins. Hey, Spike. I'd love to hear you and Mike re-rank our assets at this current juncture. Thanks. All right, so let's say the assets are the ones that we care about are Embiid, Noel, Okafor, Sarich, uh, our first-round pick, and the Lakers pick. And right? Covington. And, and Covington, sure. So would we agree that—oh, and Simmons. Would yeah. we agree Embiid is one, or do we think Simmons is one? I think Embiid is one. Okay, we think Simmons is two? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'd say Simmons is too. Would you say our pick, which comes along with pick swap capability for this year, is the third? I would. Okay. So then fourth, we have left Okafor, we have Noel, we have Covington, we have Sarich, and we have the Lakers pick. Um, I think I would probably put <sighs> Sarich in there, actually. Uh, I'm going to go with the Lakers pick. Okay, and then then and then I would go Lakers pick next. Would you go Sarge next? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, then I would go. I would in order go. <sighs> Noel, Covington, Okafor for the last three. Uh, Covington, Noel, Okafor. Okay, we're pretty close. All right. Yeah. This is from. Dude, if, Co- if Covington hits shots again, he's yeah. going to be so. He's going to be so good. He he's turned himself into such. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. That's insane. Yep. If he can hit shots at a reasonable rate again, 
we're I mean it's over. I think like, the the reason for in. for his he only has you know it was this great contract up until next year. Next year's the last yeah. year of the deal, so eventually yeah. you're gonna have to pay him. So. Uh, all right, from Circus169, uh, can the Ringers' Chris Vernon be the new Andrew Sharp? I couldn't stand this guy to begin with, and then he chose Okafor over now, oh, Noel, which, okay, you're wrong, but I guess at least there's one NBA GM who feels the same way. The thing that yeah, puts, that was, yeah, that was me reading that was reminded me of that. Uh, the thing that puts him over the edge for me is his dismissal of Rashawn. Uh, I don't think Chris Vernon can be the new Andrew Sharp because Chris Vernon will not— Andrew Sharp is a very specific thing. First of all, Andrew yeah, I, Sharp, I haven't lived. I haven't lived with Chris Vernon. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything against Chris Vernon. And actually, do you, do you, have you listened to the podcast? Yeah, I've listened a lot. I think it's it's interesting because he is a radio guy doing a podcast, and uh-huh. podcasts are way different than radio. And uh, I, I think there are a lot of things that put. I think there have been some good moments on the pod. I I think there are. This is me being like radio and and podcast guy or whatever. There are a lot of things that have been that are diff, that make it difficult for him to do a podcast the way that people expect a Ringer podcast to be. The first thing is is that Ringer has a certain tone, and everybody has a different version of that tone, and he is not that tone. So he's just like he's just like normal guy. Yeah, he's like just has like yeah. normal basketball guy takes like. Yeah. The fact that he's like, who even is this guy, Rashawn Holmes, or something yeah. like that? It's yeah. like, oh, you just don't like basketball that much. Well, you don't, no, I, I, you I generally don't, don't like dive in far. Like to have like Danny Chow on your network and then go from the that kind of thing to like, oh, just like sort of this is appealing. This is like a broadly appealing, yeah, uh, non-specific, like somewhat hot takey. It's like it's just not. It's not for me. I, I don't yeah, I can understand that. I think that his problem is or the problem for him is is first of all where the network is. Like if he was part of the 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 vertical with Woj thing and Yeah, that'd be fine. Yeah. And then the other thing is is that he doesn't have a regular co host. So he he's put in this position where he's had Kevin O'Connor on a lot where he doesn't have rhythm with these people and he's and like they're sort of experts and they're they're sort of not so he's just interviewing them so Mm -hmm. um and then the other thing is like i don't even know if he listens to podcasts or likes podcasts so um but i don't you know i felt like andrew sharp was trolling us i don't think chris vernon is trolling anyone so yeah i think he just doesn't he just has like sixers are bad right let's laugh about it yeah yeah so um and i wish him the best and by the way he was a really good radio host and i i i hope he figures out the the podcast thing so uh, well, Woj's podcast is, is good. I, yeah, uh, we, I still make I still make fun of him for for the uh, for the like, <laughs> uh, Manu. If you'll let me talk to my listeners about SeatGeek, <laughs> just tight for a second, like as if they're still there. It's my favorite thing. Um, but I think I mean he he what? has a they seem to like him. He has yeah. a good rapport with the players. It's like I I enjoy listening to it. He has a lot of good guests. It's well done. Like the podcast is well. The podcast is very produced. You know, it's very yeah. it is totally. it is like a it reminds me of, you know, the only podcast that I've heard well produced like a radio show as a podcast before this was I think originally uh, Basketball Jones was like they had segments and they had you know, drops and they had production and all that kind of stuff. And I think it's very different than that. But in the same way that that succeeded, I think Woj's podcast succeeds. Okay. 
Who are JoJo's top eight friends? Uh, that is from Lorax1515. This is a clearly a MySpace reference. All right. We'd have to say... Like on the team, you mean? No, it's just his top eight friends in general. Oh, I don't know. So, well, first of all, we'd have to say Hinky would be in his top eight on MySpace. Hinky's there. Nerlens is there. Right. Uh, ben Simmons? Yeah. They play. They hang, they hang. They do stuff. Dario came to visit. Or he, did he go to visit Dario? Or was that... That they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know how close him and Dario are. I mean, I feel like he. I, nice. I want to know who Dar- I want to know who Dario's best friend on the team is. I do worry about Dario's mind sp- mindset a lot. Yeah, I, I hope he's okay. Yeah, because I think he was expecting a little more, a little more room to grow here this year than he's getting. Uh, well, uh. Do you think – now, he would be MySpace friends with Rihanna, and I think he would think it would be hilarious to have Rihanna yeah. as one of his top eight, right? I think, I think you're right. Um, not LeBron. Not LeBron. No. Oh, oh, Chandler Parsons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's six. Oh. I, think, I think Embiid and Evan Turner would be friends. I know that, that sounds like blasphemy to like – Nah, the, you know we. I love Evan Turner now that he's not here. I know here. you do. I yeah. know you do. But yeah. I think their I think their sensibilities are similar. Yeah, yeah, they have a similar sense of humor for sure. Evan would be like frustrated why Embiid can get away with stuff and he and he couldn't. Yeah. Uh, anyone else? Uh, well, that's seven. That's enough. Uh, this is from Phillies fan twelve. I'd like to call this the Reddit jigsaw for the next fifteen years. Choice A. Your only healthy center on the roster is a health. Uh, your only center on the roster is a healthy Joel Embiid. Your coach is Doug Collins. Your GM is Jerry Colangelo. Choice B: Your only center on the roster is Jaleel Okafor. Your coach is Brett Brown. Your GM is Sam Hinkie. Um, so that's either yeah Jaleel, Sam, and Brett, or Joel. Jerry and Doug. Yeah. Edit. Assume that the centers removed from the roster retire from the NBA, so we get no compensation for them. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 Embiid. Yeah. It's always Embiid. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because like honestly, Doug, Doug Collins coaching Embiid would be fine. Would be fine because you know he's a he's theoretically it'd be a boring offense but he's but a I'll theoretically tell you, defensive minded guy and for for yeah. a guy that's never lasted more than 3 years anywhere 15 years would i mean <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ um the only I thing saw that, was it, is this a thing on our uh, on our sixers or our process or whatever where it said uh you're not subscribed to our Doug Collins yes uh please subscribe and then in 3 years unsubscribe unsubscribe yeah yeah i thought that was very funny yeah well the only thing that makes me nervous about the Embiid choice is New Orleans and Anthony Davis right now is just looking at how sure. bad that is, you know, and Anthony Davis is having such an awesome year and they still suck because everything that happened. But I think there's a possibility that Jerry Colangelo could put together a, a good, a good team. So, uh, all right. Um, from Tim Delaney is it, well, this is funny from BRK one, 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 two, Mike once called me a bitch on the podcast. It was awesome. I don't know who yeah, that it's, is. Uh, I, I remember. It's uh, a friend of a friend. He okay. said he was – my friend asked to call him a bitch. So okay. it was done. Uh, from Tim Delaney, is, a, is cereal a soup? Absolutely not. It's not a soup. Oh, that's a really good question. No, it isn't. That's, no, that's a really good question. That is, that is very in keeping of hot dog sandwich. Yeah, but I think that the hot dog sandwich answer is more – 
cereal exists as cereal without milk on it. That's true. You know, and just putting milk on it, like think of all. Okay, the so different... so the so the hot dog wiener. That's it's not that's, a sandwich. That, that well, that is the oh, okay. That's the comparison, right? Cereal, hard cereal without milk is to hot dog wiener, right? As bowl of cereal. So, but even bowl to... of cereal, like I will say, shredded wheat, it sucks up all the liquid. I would not call that a soup. You know, I I, I don't think there's, this is... there's some soups that are that are you know less liquidy but still have some wetness. I think it's very good. I'm I, I'm not gonna weigh in. But I think it's a very good and justifiable question for hmm. the dawn of hot dog sandwich talk. <laughs> uh, well, we'll explore it maybe deeper when we have time. This is from Pack-A-Mop. Whatever happened to Spike's story regarding the delay of the Camden complex? I don't recall hearing the things he couldn't say until construction was over because he doesn't want to give away his source. Um, I still... Pack-A-Mop has been a Liberty Ballers commenter, <laughs> at least was was one of the like original Liberty Ballers commenters. So this is a nice wet up to Pack-A-Mop. I haven't seen that name in forever. Uh, I still don't feel comfortable talking about it. I guess I would say that... There I know are, this thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. There are some funny things regarding ownership and front office and changes they wanted to make um, and their families that delayed the opening of the... The practice facility, but I still, even if the person who told me feels comfortable, I do not feel comfortable for that person. So I'm going to hold off on that. I'm sorry. Uh, Their family. I don't. I don't think I know what you mean. Then. Well, because, is this the pic- is this the pictures we got? No. Well, the pictures are awesome. Um, but I don't even know if I should say that. Like, I just don't yeah. want anyone getting in trouble. Like, I don't sure. want anyone losing their job. Um, and I'm also wondering what you guys think of Embiid's lack of dunks. He has some good post moves, but it really seems like he's yet to take the next step in terms of vertical explosiveness around the rim. Um, I think that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah, I I think he's we've I've mentioned on on previous pods that he's gotten much bigger than I think any of us expected, and I think that um, that stops it a little bit. I also think I don't want him to to like dunk anything really hard. I I think guys end up shortening their careers by doing that and i i'm i'm okay with it you know it does seem like he has a little less lift than i thought he would have i think i think he's still getting it back i think an an off a healthy off season where he's not worried about you know breaking breaking his body i think will will bring that back And and i'm sure there's some Maybe there's not. I was going to say there's some tentativeness, but all the times he's jumped into the crowd, I think there's probably not that much tentativeness. Uh, yeah, I, I he said a few weeks into the season, uh, I don't have my lift back. I don't. Ha- I'm not as fast as I was, uh, and the fact that I'm he was like the fact that I'm doing this well without all that is yeah. amazing. So I think I, I sort of expected it to be back a little bit more by now. Um, but maybe it just needs an off season to to like lock in and so it, it can translate on the court and stuff because well, he's more he's more athletic than he's showing he's faster yeah. than he's showing and i think it'll only get worse as the season goes on i mean even yeah. if he's not playing a lot of minutes his usage rate is so high and he plays so hard that i i think he could hit the rookie wall like soon you know i i think it could happen at- I, 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 he's so good i don't think it's ever going to be like it comes in waves. Well, he yeah. like he had a bad week a couple weeks ago, and then he had that incredible game against the Nets, which we didn't even talk about, by the way. Thirty-three and ten. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, I mean, he's very he's very good. 
I'm very happy that he's here. All right. This is from Get Lofty. Mike, I've always wanted to know how do you get into the television industry, writing scripts and such. What schools did you attend? What's your story? How did that happen? Uh, quickly, I went to Ithaca College, upstate New York. Um, went to the TV program there, and then they had a uh, like a semester in Los Angeles that I did and interned at some production companies. And then got an internship with the TV Academy out of college. It was paid a little bit, so it made allowed me to move out here. And then I got a job with this uh, talent agency, just like working in business affairs, which was weird. And uh, and then from there, got a PA job on How I Met Your Mother, and then bounced around, wrote a couple things, sold a couple things, and uh, here we are. It, it seems like the PA thing is my my uh, college roommate Nick was a PA at Saturday Night Live, I think, and mm-hmm. then ended up as the like I guess he was second in charge of NBC Late Night when all the Conan people got fired, and now he's mm-hmm. like the uh, the VP of uh, West Coast Late Night for CBS. Like, and he just started as a PA. You know, it's like oh, the the, uh, the foot in the door, the uh, the famous foot in the door. Uh, all right. Uh, this is oh, this is another Mike-based question. This is from Plug It In twelve seventeen. Hey Spike, Plug it in. Uh, hey Spike, I'm a Philly-raised, friendly, non-threatening, gainfully employed, late twenty-something liberal male living in Los Angeles who wants to know the best way to become Mike's best friend. Well, he's asking uh, uh, me. <laughs> yeah, so I can't answer. No, um, I don't know. I, you seem like a tough in, actually. Oh really? Um, yeah, I I uh, I I think it's funny. We've been hosting the podcast together for three years, and I think we are pretty different people. And I can't imagine that we would be like if if we didn't have this in that we would ever be like we would we would live in the same social circle. So I don't know. I wouldn't know how to be your friend. You know, I wouldn't know how to how to do it. I I don't even know. I. Find uh, just stalk him. I think would be the best thing. I would say wait outside. Find out where he lives. Wait outside mm. of where he lives. Um, mm. See the things that he does for fun, and then start showing up there and acting like you didn't stalk him. So that would be. If, if I had John Gonzalez's address, I'd say it right now. I do. I've been to his house. I don't know his address. I'd say it right now. But I'm not gonna do it. I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to lend some some thought to that? I don't know. I don't. I don't you know. Everybody has friends. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from longtime uh, Sixers fan, uh, uh, Mr. Dang Dang. Sixers Jigsaw. This is long. Number one, anytime you watch any video feed, whether it be live or on-demand TV, a video streaming service, YouTube, movie in a cinema, or any other video format, you will only see basketball plays in which Evan Turner has the ball. You will never be able to watch regular TV, videos, or movies again. If there is a live game in which Evan Turner is playing, you will be able to see the live feed when he has the ball in his hand, but other plays will be blacked out showing <laughs> showing other replays of Evan, times Evan Turner had the ball until he has the ball again. This I mean, will, essentially, it's it's only Evan Turner's synergy package. Yes, right. This will work everywhere. So you can't go to a bar or a friend's house and expect to watch a normal NBA game. You will be asked <laughs> to leave because of your Evan Turner curse. Number two, 
anytime you listen to any audio, as in radio, satellite radio, podcasts, audio streaming services, or any other audio format, you will only be able to hear a replay of a random Doug Collins Sixers post-game press conference. (laughs) (laughs) You will never be able to listen to music or podcasts again. This will work everywhere, so you can't go to a concert or a dance club and expect to hear any other sound. The artist or DJ you were expecting to see will come out on stage on stage and play random Doug Collins Sixers post-game press conferences until you leave. Which do you choose? Oh, my the, God. The Evan Turner one is – I could be watching any movie. Yes, and it's just it would, Evan Turner. It would be Evan Turner, like, dribbling. Yeah. God. Oh, uh, man. Uh, I would take that one. I can't. I can't lose music. I can't. I just. I can't lose music. I. I. I could lose TV. I, yeah. I could even lose basketball. I could lose movies. I can't lose music. Uh, I need to watch. I need to be able to watch it for my job. So I guess I'd go with the Doug Collins press conferences everywhere, and I just drive around in silence and try not to think about him. Next time I see. Next time I have to listen to anything. Uh, from Gary Sinise eighty two. I wonder if this is the real Gary Sinise. Wow. How about Gary Sinise? How about there are eighty one other Gary Sinises before this yeah, guy well, came look, along? You know, yeah. to get them. Uh, what Sixers player would you go on a double date with, and what would you do? Um, Hollis. And what would you do? I'd play basketball. <laughs> on a double date? Yeah, I would feed... Oh, a double date. I thought it was just a date. No. I, I didn't need double. <laughs> I'd go on a date with Holland. Yeah, we'd play basketball. Okay. I'd, uh, I'd, I'd feed him shots into his shooting pocket. Alyssa would rebound for him. It'd be great. We'd have a hell of a time. Uh, I would pick Chacho because... Yeah, that'd be fun. He's a grown-up. I think, and I feel like I could have a conversation with Chacho, and I think he's married, and I feel like it would just be a good double date, you know? Yeah, that'd be cool. He also that'd seems be. like cultured, probably just because he's European, and I, I think all those people are, are yeah, cultured. That's, that's a, there's a stereotype, but yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, it's not a bad stereotype to have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from No one's said about me at all. From Embizzle My Nizzle. Such an answer probably does not exist, but for the sake of discussion, what would you accept as a fair trade for Embiid? The so Bill Simmons wrote an article, which is always dangerous because he's bad now. Yeah, we're we're uh, going to get to that in a few more questions. Oh, we are. Should I, should I hold off on it? Then? Yeah, I think so. Okay, what would I accept as a fair trade for Embiid? Um. Uh I mean, Jesus. I mean, look. I, I I would take Davis. I would take Towns. I would take. I don't. I, I don't think I'd take Anthony Davis. I don't, I don't think I'd take Anthony Davis. I might take Towns. What? Why wouldn't I take I, Davis? Because I, I, I think Embiid's going to be better. I think Embiid's going to be better than him. Oof. Your lips to and, God's ears. What about like vets like Durant? Yeah, yeah. I I trade him for Durant, Steph, LeBron. LeBron, Giannis, probably. I'd probably do Giannis. Um, 
Not my, it's not more than 10 people, for sure. If you had the chance, uh, this is from... Might not be more than five. This is from Handler MC. If you had the chance to... If you had the chance to grace an Allen trip, one basketball player, coach, or journalist slash personality, who would it be? Um, I can't say Jerry Colangelo because he's too old, and that's like a hate crime against old people. Yeah, that's it's mean. But Doug Collins might be might be in that area. Um, hmm. Or, or like George Carl would be good. Oh, I would trip Stan Van Gundy. Stan Van Gundy, sure. But Stan has like the right opinions about like the world, I think. I think George Carl oh. is just a total piece of shit across the board. Actually, I think I'd tri- trip Tibbs. I-, I was watching a, uh, a Timberwolves you don't game. Like you don't like his voice. Well, he's screaming the whole time. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, God, just the screaming is so – there's no way that's necessary. There's no way. Um, uh, this is from – uh, constipated, but con is spelled K-H-A-N. Who is Philip and why is he not real? He works for us and he is real. Um, this is from Merkman. People, oh, go ahead. People, What's people, that? people don't want to... Philip gets a lot of shit. I know. He, all the guy does is work hard for us. Um, all right, we'll do three more, let's say. Uh, this is from Merkman92. What do you guys think of the new unicorn term being thrown around the NBA? What defines a unicorn? And which past and present Sixers will you place into this category of player? This is where okay. the Bill Simmons thing comes along. Yeah, so this is the Bill Simmons article. There's a thing that old people do hey. that bothers me. That bothers me. That also – actually, I have no idea how old, how old Bill is. He's I have 45 no or so. He's 45 uh, or 46, I think. Um, that – bothers me and they and it happens in tv writing also and i think it started from seinfeld and I, and that's seinfeld did a good job of it but everybody else is sort of trying to come which is like hey we're gonna invent a term and then we're gonna call everything that term and people are just gonna get it and it's just gonna catch on and i think it's very obnoxious and not that not when Seinfeld did it, but when other people do it, right. uh, and Bill did that with unicorn. And it's like you're not like you're not Bill. You're not in the cultural lexicon, bro. Like you're out. Like just be a curator of talent and like get out of the way. Nobody needs you anywhere. You're good. You did your job, and you did a good job for many years. And now you're be- you like you should retire the same way that like. Rashid Wallace had to retire. Well, no, okay. Maybe not that. I mean, I would, I would, st- I would say that I disagree that he is not um, part of the cultural lexicon. I think my my problem with this is I think it was Amin Al Hassan that called Porzingis a unicorn, and it in it in the beginning it sort of makes sense in that like you can you can imagine this sort of player, but you don't see him in real life. Oh my God, there he is. So. If they want to call him that or something, that's fine. Like his article, I, I don't know. Like I don't know how Giannis Antetokounmpo is a unicorn in that. Like, what does he do that LeBron d- didn't already do better? Right? I mean, like he's a wing that can create, even though he's tall, and he plays athletic defense. I I just I agree with your like appropriating the term to meaning something that it, I don't think it meant in the first place. Like Simmons' article lists like 40 different guys who are unicorns or whatever. Yeah, it's it's just like 
It's annoying. I, I was I was wildly turned off by it. Yeah. I can't believe I made it through the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and it, unicorn is a lot. People use that like to to talk about like romantic interests, like men or women that are like that like come out of nowhere. That are like, oh, she doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. I can't believe whatever. And, and which Sixers uh, past and present? I I think like I think the best Sixers example is probably Barkley because. Like, he was so not yeah. tall, and he was so good at you know what I mean. Like it, it but but I yeah. guess it doesn't even matter. Uh, from but I think I think you're right, Barkley and Iverson. I would say yeah, but Iverson even Westbrook is kind of Iverson, right? But I mean, Iverson was five ten and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right, you're right. Um, from tenure, um, how do you start talking to matches on Tinder? Some people won't respond to a hey or a what's up or a how's it going or you down with TTP, but it's weird to start with a joke or something strange to catch their interest, and some people just want you to be normal. I've never used – you're the expert. I'll let, I'll let you take <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> I've never used Tinder. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know how you would do it. it I'm, I, I thank God every day I don't exist in that world. All right. Well, let me actually say something. This is, I have a plug here. Yeah. You're going to be impressed. So – uh, my friends have a dating app. It's in beta. Uh-huh. It's called Splish. You can download it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's for the, the, the idea that Tinder is like, how do you start? There's no like gate of entry of like, well, what do you say? Nobody wants to hear it. And so it's like, it's like, like a game, game based. Like you can have like trivia questions and stuff. Mm. And it's like a fun, it's like a fun way to like start. Yeah. It, it's small like, talk. Like, hey, it's like yeah, instant it's like, small it's, talk. It's like it's instant small talk exactly, yeah. and, and it's a fun way you can kind of just flip through it. So there you go. Download Splish. Splish. Just go get it. it. There, there you go. go. Uh, all right, two more um, from Coasty three six five seven Noel and the Kings first that we have um, for CJ McCollum. Would you? Uh, I would. Say the trade again. Noel and that. Kings first we have, I guess it's 2018. Uh, for McCollum? Yeah. Yeah. I like that Kings first a lot. Um, it keeps me warm at night. It's a good first. It's a great first. The CJ would be really cool. And I think you'd, I, I think he might be, I mean, he's already playing great basketball, but I've said this before, but I think he might, he might have that like Harden-esque second yeah. life. Uh, by himself and we'll see uh um playing playing with simmons i think would help a lot i i worry that he has the ball in his hands a lot um and uh, it would take it away from simmons and Embiid. but i think i i mean look it'd be gravy at that point well, if we have a team yeah. with mccollum simmons and Embiid yeah. and covington like that's a really 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 good team yeah and by the way he plays with lillard and yeah. evan turner so if he can you know if you can do that. Uh, and finally, from MRMDN333, if Sam Hinkie becomes the GM of another team that keeps the Sixers from winning a, winning a title, will you be sad or will it be an I told you so moment? Oh, I'd be, I'd be so happy. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. And I know this is the wrong – I know it's the wrong thing given the amount of Sixers fans, but I, I would certainly be an I told you so moment. Wait, I, the idea being it keeps the Sixers from winning a title? Yeah. I mean, Sam's if team. We're competing, if we're competing for a title, that's great, and that doesn't mean we wouldn't be able to get a title in like a future year if we're up there. Yeah, but I think, 
if we're the, the the qualifications are we're competing for a title and Sam Hinkie is on a team who's also competing for a title, like that's the best that's the best case scenario in the world. Yeah, I love that. I want Sam to succeed because of everything. Uh, all right. Well, uh, like I said, I'll try to go on Reddit and maybe answer a few more of these. Thank you to everybody on R Sixers for all the great questions. Um, can I tell you a TV thing before we go, real quick? My my wife, just because you write TV, and I, I feel like I, um, you would appreciate at least my thought on it, is uh, we started watching. Have you watched Rectify? Uh, it's a no. Sundance show. My God. So we watched the first three seasons on DVR, and there was just a fourth and final season that just um, that just finished. My favorite show of all time is Mad Men. Um, I like slow, charactery, uh, sort of miserable television shows. That's why I really love The Leftovers. This show, Rectify, is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my whole life. It is a really good show. So if you ever have time, I'm telling you and telling anyone to – I get – I like – Clearly, I have no connection to it. I was just every episode we watch. We're on the fourth season now. I get a little bit sadder that there aren't like that. I only have six episodes left of watching the show. It's a really, really, really good show. Really good show. So, but you've never yeah. seen it, so it doesn't matter. I never so, seen it. Yeah, sorry, man. The 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 sixth lead is, is now the lead of Lethal Weapon. The this sixth. guy named Clayne Crawford. I don't know who he plays uh, in Rex if I've ever seen it, but uh, Lethal Weapon was in the same building as as my show. Hold on, um, so. I'm looking this. I'm looking Clayne Crawford up to he's see a, to see he's got uh, a mustache. I think he's got a mustache. Oh uh, yeah, he plays Teddy. Uh, he's good sure. in the show. He's really good. The other thing about the show is, as I would guess, it's because they know their characters better. But as the seasons go on, the acting gets like m- much and much better every year. It feels like. Um, I don't know. The third and fourth seasons were like, I, like I said, I like slow and painful, and some of the the, <laughs> the most painful television I've watched, but very good. So slow and painful, slow and painful. Philadelphia Seventy Sixers podcast. All right. Well, um, thanks to you and everybody, and oh, and we'll end with um, we'll end with that song I mentioned, uh, "Choo Choo the Fucking Legend," and then we'll Dana Barros you out of here. Um, and that's it. Uh, the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast proudly brought to you by L. L. Pavorsky Jewelers, uh, where Rice to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. 707 Walnut in Philly, always at LLPavorsky.com. Are you down with TTP? Yeah, you know, Lickface. Please uh, sign up for Retweet Armageddon Congress. Oh, yeah. Let's see Do what you got. All right, buddy. See you, pal. See you, man. You know Rowan and Turner, McDaniels and Moultrie. Simmons and Stauskiss and Jojo and Kwame But do you recall The most famous sixer of all Choo-choo the fucking legend The process thing we've come to trust It speaks to our warped perspective Cause he never played a game for us All of the other Sixers Had their moments in the sun We'll take our main man choo-choo Over most of them one-on-one Then that fateful summer's eve A call came down from Skype Choo-choo down our hero gone to the 
calves for Sasha Khan. My kinky will always love him. Cause we're all down with TTP. Juju the fucking legend. You'll go down in history. Love him, cause we're all down with TTP. Choo choo the fucking legend, you'll go down in history.